RadioMD. RadioMD.com. Emergency physician, TV personality, speaker, and writer. She's Dr. Lee. It's time for the Dr. Lee Vinoker Show. Hi, and welcome back to the show. It's health from the outside in. I always say we're feeling good starts with looking good. And my next guest and topic, very apropos, Dr. Vivian Diller. She's a clinical psychologist, and um, she is here to talk about how makeup can improve our health. And uh, I really do believe in it. There is a true science to the bad hair day. Isn't that right? You know, it's a provocative title, right? Uh, makeup is good for your health, but <laughs> there is a growing body of evidence that uh, it's not just in our minds. It's not just a, uh, a marketing uh, conspiracy. Uh, every woman I know, and you've just said it, walks out of, you know, getting their hair done and they feel better. Uh, I think we don't like to believe there's some truth to that, um, but Science is beginning to show some evidence that something happens when we look good, both in terms of our psychological attitude, but even physiologically, even those neurotransmitters. You know, we now have a way of mapping the brain, and we're beginning to have research that is looking at the impact of good grooming. So we're not just talking about, you know, the perfect lipstick, but it's the process of taking time to put on makeup, to get our hair done, the time we take out of our busy lives, and I'm talking mostly about women, but this is beginning to also relate to men, and what that does for our health. Yeah, I, you know, I agree. Agree. I always uh, joke or, or talk to my patients, you know, if you're not going to uh, exercise and eat healthy for your heart, you know, do it for your stomach and your thighs. <laughs> and, uh, that's sort of been my premise. I always say that, uh, my good cholesterol is the quote unquote collateral damage of what I'm doing so I can wear skinny jeans, you know? So, so the thing is, I'm sure you get this too. I speak in front of large groups of women. They're often women who are fighting for women's rights. And it's a politically incorrect topic at times to be talking about the value of looking good because for so many years, women have fought so hard to put looking after their appearance in the backseat. You know, hundreds mm -hmm. and thousands of years, that was our primary function. You know, we look good, we have some value. And with the feminist revolution, we fought to break that uh, connection so that our role served many other purposes. So for a doctor like you or a psychologist like me, the notion that I'm saying, hey, women, even if we have so many other functions and important ones, let's not dismiss our appearance as irrelevant. Then we're doing our own self a disservice because just like you say, the the pleasure of having a fit body uh, the uh, feeling of confidence that comes when we uh, put our, our our best clothes on. Let's not take that away from us. We have no not only the pleasure of having uh, the freedom to choose, right. right, to look good or not, 
you know, we can wear the, the baggy uh, sweatpants if we feel like it. We don't feel compelled to, but let's also enjoy the fact that we can dress up and wear lipstick and have pleasure from that. Absolutely. And I, I think there's a big difference, um, you know, and I, I do agree that there are some, you know, political issues related to that. I always joke around that vain is not a four-letter word. Um because it is part of taking care of yourself. And you know what? It's the freedom. It it was when somebody else objectified you. But if you want to objectify yourself, go right ahead. That's the freedom you have as an intelligent, strong, healthy woman. And uh, I think, you know, maybe that's the difference today. Even using the word objectify is a little tricky, right? I would... uh, Yeah, I say that with tongue and cheek. I know. So... um, what I try to help women feel is that we are taking the object of beauty away from others and allowing our own selves to be the agent of our beauty. Right. And that is a very empowering feeling. And I, uh, in helping broaden even the definition of beauty to include health, I think gives women a greater sense of power. One of the reasons I got interested in this topic was I had been a professional ballet dancer. And wow. prior to that, or after I quit dancing, I started modeling. So I lived in a world where uh, being objectified or being the object of beauty was so important that the women who had to leave those careers, which we all do, you know, eventually you grow out right. of it, you're, you age out of it, they plummeted, uh, at least Some women did. And I was interested in understanding the women who seemed to be able to hold on to the enjoyment of either physical fitness or style without it affecting their self-esteem. And I realized those women saw beauty as one aspect of their identity. They didn't rely on only youthful beauty. Um, Beauty was much broader. And I felt this isn't something that just women who are models and dancers struggle with. This is across right. the board, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, it, it really is tied to health. A, a recent Danish study came out and that talked about people that looked older than their stated age, in fact, were not as healthy. And those that looked younger than their stated age actually, in fact, did enjoy better health and had longevity. So it, it's very much tied to it, and I, I uh, applaud you for looking into this because this is something, you know, as a medical doctor that I've been telling people for a long time, too, um, that it is I important. A bit, you know, that comment you made, um, women or men or women who look better, right. live longer. I looked a little bit further into those studies because lots of people will say, um, sure, when you look better, your life is, you know, easier. You have advantages, you know, you've probably read some of these books about, you know, the economic advantages, the right. social advantages, and so people who have those advantages, maybe they live longer. Maybe people who are in less pain or less stressed, um, right. their faces frown less often. But it is actually a little more complicated than that. It's not simply those who look good live longer because they're happier. It seems as if if you create or um, provoke optimism in all people that it sets off in motion both a 
interaction between people that is more positive, meaning if you smile, people smile in response. Right. When you stand tall, people respond to you with more respect, regardless of how you look. And I looked at models who ostensibly look attractive. If they get on the front page of a magazine, we know that they are uh, likely have the, the features that are more attractive. They don't necessarily uh, feel happier. They don't necessarily feel healthier. The women who felt healthy and felt attractive tended to have an overall more positive outlook on life and probably will live longer. Right. So I think there's something about um, that goes beyond just beauty equals longevity. I think it has to do with the attitude one has about oneself. Right. That, um, but even it, smiling, you know, there have been studies that show, you know, Botox that would get rid of frown lines that, in fact, or people that constantly frown, you know, it actually does make you uh, anxious, depressed, things like that. So, yes, they measured the um, cortisol levels, for right. example, in people who frowned more often. They measured the opposite, you know, when people laughed, uh, the... Um, the, uh, right. the you know, dopamine that is produced. So we know that it probably is a uh, reinforcement that smiling leads to better health, better health leads to smiling. So, yes, we're at the red lipstick. Right. <laughs> it's a fabulous topic. I want to thank my guest, Dr. Diller, and uh, her book, Face It, What Women Really Feel About Their Looks. We could talk about a whole show on this. This is the Dr. Levin Oker Show, Health from the Outside In. <laughs> <laughs> 